Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm excited. We have my friend, Dr. Doreen Downing on the show. Dr. Doreen, why don't you introduce yourself and tell my listeners a little bit about what you do? Hi, Jeff. I'm so excited to be with you. I followed you and uh, it's good to be face to face here. Well, I'm a psychologist. I've been in the business since the 80s. I'm (laughs) very committed and passionate about people finding the strength inside of themselves, discovering what the potential is so that they can express it. I now uh, have a business called Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. I love that. So what is the premise of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life? Who Who's going to benefit from that? I think anybody like I was, even though, Jeff, I had a PhD in psychology and I still was nervous about speaking in front of groups. I mean, so nervous I would refuse any kind of invitation. So I know what it's like to have that heart, you know, just rapidly beating in the, my neck you know, about to feel like it's been choked. And so uh, it's usually the people that find me, you might call it public speaking anxiety. And many of them don't even ever want to get on a stage. And then there are those who say, yes, I, I need to get on a stage for business, for my book, you know, some kind of uh, necessary, necessary, next step for them. And that's what uh, people who find me are those who seem to be holding themselves back from speaking up, whatever it happens to be. I love that. And I think you and I are going to have a fun conversation because many, many years ago, um, my business failed and I knew that I needed to start something new. And the path forward seemed to be um, Jeff had to get on stage and speak to people. And Um, I'm just one of those oblivious people. My wife said, oh, my God, are you able to do that? Uh And I, you know, she said, what what in your background makes you think you can do it? And I said, well, I'm going to be honest. There's nothing in my background that says I can't do it. So I don't love being on stage. I'm just going to give it a shot and see what happens. And it turns out that was the single best thing for my business, for my life, because by being unafraid and and you know some people think you know I speak in front of hundreds of people once upon a time I'd get anxious going to you know local B&I meeting and you know there's 10 people in the room and oh my god my turn's next um, yes. now when I work with authors a lot of them you know that their strength is the pondered word you know they they deliberate over every word they take months to write a chapter Uh, I try to encourage those people to speak because the more you speak, 
the more your books sell, the more publicity you get, the more awareness you get. Um, so what would you say to an author who wants to hide in the shadows and they say, well, I wrote my book, my book stands alone. Yes, that's exactly. I spoke up and was a keynote speaker at a conference, a writer's conference, and it was about finding your voice because certainly they have all the techniques and have learned how to find their voice so that they could put it on a blank page, but they haven't learned how to find their voice in the moment, being present and allowing and being with themselves. It's a listening, I think, is the first step, listening to what is inside of you. The second step, I would say, is uh, connecting with what your passion is. So first is learning how to listen to yourself, connecting with your passion, and then expressing it in a way just like you and I are. It's a conversation. Even if there, like you say, hundreds of people in front of you, it's still a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So if an author has written something, don't you think that if I met this author on the street, they'd be able to say, what their book is about, they'd be able to tell me one-on-one, -on -one, right? So that's that's the, the tip, the trick, the teaching is how to speak to a group as if you're talking to just one person. I, I love that. And I think that's, you know, when I first was told I'd be speaking in front of people, I went and I learned a bunch of things. And then I got really nervous because what if I forget the things I learned? Yes. And then somebody just said, pick one person in the audience and talk to them. And that just, it was so simple. And, you know, I, I learned I'd pick one person at a time and, you know, I slowly learned to be able to zone to speaking to the whole audience, but it was just having a conversation. And as you said, it's not learning about something new you're talking about your book I mean if you cared enough to write it you probably had some passion in in the writing of it that's a great a great line there if you cared enough about writing it you're going to care enough to do whatever it takes to spread that message that you've just spent however many times uh, or however many hours writing yeah. and, and you know if you if you one of the things I find with a lot of authors is they're not really good at self-promoting and they'll say, well, um, you know, that's why I use the publisher. But the reality is your voice is what's going to sell your books. Yes. I want to go back to something you said about the way that you started with one-on-one -on -one, and then you felt like you were able to expand that zone. Uh, the way that I teach people is to continue doing that one-on-one -on -one within that zone because the person that you're connecting with and paying attention to can feel it you know there's a oh he, the the person's paying attention to me I, I've got to make sure I'm listening here and yep. it's not like um you know if like eye contact boring in on somebody if they're uncomfortable you don't you don't look at them but you gaze softly at your listener and speak to them as if you are in a one-to-one -one conversation. So I just wanted to add that in the zone, keep finding individuals. Well, and if I can add my take and I'll, I'll let you uh, speak to it, but when I first started speaking, I would focus on the person like this, you know, they got their arms ah, crossed yes. and they're scowling it. 
it made me nervous. And then what I realized was, look for the person smiling and nodding. That's your person. Yeah, so, it's like, yes, uh, that, that happened to me my very, very first time. I had a first time, too, on stage like you're talking about. And I knew about the one person at a time. So that's what I did. I scanned it. But you have to be able to tolerate being in stillness and being grounded and centered. Otherwise, you're going to try and scan quickly. You just have to be relaxed and find even if it takes a couple of seconds to find those twinkling eyes i love it i love it now what advice would you have and and i know we have some standard questions but i i feel that i'm doing a disservice to my audience if i stick to the script here uh what advice would you have for somebody who knows uh, i'm going to use the word should um you can correct my language but they know they should get better on stage, but they're still terrified. What's the first step to, because I've had one person who flat out said to me, um, she's an author and she said, if the only way I'm going to be successful is to speak on stage, I'm going to go get a job at a, at a grocery store. Oh, oh. Well, I, I think that, uh, what you're talking about there is somebody's self-concept and their belief in what's possible and the how to help them have a new vision of what's possible. And I think that what's most important is being able to connect with somebody. And that's what I do. I'm a psychologist. I make it safe to go to that fear and transform it, to face it, move through it. And I don't, I'm not somebody who has performance techniques. And that's what I think makes my program so different than, hey, just look at the audience or even just what I said about one person at a time or vocal variety or, you know, all the performance techniques. No, I want to help people find their true voice inside the one that wrote the book. And that to me feels so much more compelling if somebody hears that, oh, Doreen wants to help me find my voice, the one that I put on paper. I want to bring it up and out. How do I do that? And I'm afraid. And Doreen can help me, guide me to the inner voice. It's not performance techniques, folks. That's that's my big message out there is that people think they have to make a better speech. And it's more about learning to be comfortable in your own body. And I know how to teach that. I love that. And um, and we're going to go on total tangents here. But, um, <laughs> you know, I have a favorite author. I won't name names because I don't want to offend him. Absolutely love this person's writing. And I went, I was really excited. I got to go see them speak on stage. And the person on stage was a carefully choreographed shell. And I walked out going, I'm never reading another book of this person's again. And then I, I got over it. And I, I was so disconnected by the, the shell that was on stage. And I was looking for the, the person that was in the books. Uh -huh. And and I love that you're helping, you know, this isn't some, you know, breathing technique or, you know, picturing the, the audience naked or anything like that. This is finding your, your genuine voice, which is yes. 
what I work with my authors is, yeah. you know, I don't want to hear the sanitized version of your book. I want the version that you, you know, you're telling your friends about it at, at you know, a family dinner or something and you're waving your arms and you're excited. That's who I want to read in the book, but that's also who I want to hear on stage. Yes. And that, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a system and it's uh, seven steps and the last steps is be yourself, which is so different because much of the speaking training says, just be yourself, just be yourself. Well, that's a whole journey to discover what the self is. <laughs> and that's why you are on my show because that's uh, I am full on I've spent you know most of my life figuring out who Jeff is and yeah. you know I'm going to be honest I think a lot of twists and turns and randomness to it um, let's talk about your program so what are the steps in your program and what are people learning and, and what's their life like after the program oh I'm so excited to to share the, the first step because people are going to go, their mouth is just going to go drop. What? Your first step, your first secret that you talk about is stillness. And we're talking about speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to help people calm their nervous system. And yes, there are techniques, but I don't train just one. It, there's a variety. So what would work for you might not work for somebody else. So first of all, there's a, a way to physiologically learn how to calm that uh, nervous system. And then the second is in terms of stillness is learning to quiet your mind because there's so much going on. It's the, you know, I'm not good enough. I have to make an impression. I, they've got to love me or whatever the, the, whatever's going on in the mind, I think stops people from being fully present, which is my second step is learning about how to bring yourself back to this now moment. And people think that uh, they aren't able to do the speaking in front of others because they've had a bad experience in the past or they project into the future. Do you see past or future is not the present? <laughs> so there's stillness and then there's presence. And then there's I I talked to you about just a second ago about and you mentioned it too, looking out at the audience. And you said that, first of all, when you first started, it was looking at those who had their arms crossed and looking for tuning into the judgment. Instead, tune into the sparkle that you see, the smile, the, the energy that's there available for you. There always is energy for you. And I have one trick to hear about how to look at people. Look at their well, it depends on how deep you want to go. Their humanness, their soul, let's just say their goodness. <laughs> you know, even if somebody's got their arms crossed, you don't know what happened to them at breakfast in the morning. So, you know, just love. I, okay, I'll just say it, Jeff. Love them, right? Love the person who's listening to you. And then there's a whole different kind of energy from you to them because you're much more... Uh, they feel you're, well, they're, you're being somebody who appreciates them as a listener. So that would be the third. And the fourth would be listening. Um, this is the hardest one for people to get. 
because they think they have to be a speaker. They don't understand what being in front of hundreds of people being a listener is. You're nodding your head. You think you, you got it, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm loving this because I, I think <laughs> people show up with what they think should be. And I just show up and say, hey, audience, this is our time together. Yes. You tell me what you want. Yeah. Yes. And even if you have a script you're supposed to give and you kind of had some practice and you know what you're going to say, there's still a way that you can. And that's why all my uh, secrets are lined up that stillness, being present, having a soft, available gaze. And listening then becomes much more easy because you have expansive, you're not, you're not in your head trying to remember a script. What you are is really with people like a conversation, you know, yeah. like you're doing right now, you're, you're nodding your head. And so that we are engaged. And so this listening uh, is a way that you have to, as a speaker, you have to be able to listen. And it also helps you if something happens uh, kind of sideways in the group or the audience or the building or something, you're more able to whoa, dance with it and respond to it uh, yeah. spontaneously. And, well, then, and honestly, I think when you're there and present, it's just so much more fun. You're, you're, you're sharing yeah. your wisdom, not reading a script. Oh yeah. 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 And the, the, the other thing that I think we've already touched on is uh, when you look at people, I already said, find the goodness. So that's the positive. Number five is uh, being positive. And it's all, so far, you can see it's all about being, you know, be still, be present, be available, be attuned and be positive. It's not about speaking. It's about being, and that's that's the exciting thing is that people who, like you mentioned, like what would people, uh, what do they need to hear? And, and it's it's not about speaking, folks. It's about being more of who you are, and I can help you do that. And then the seventh one is connection, which is connecting to your best self, <laughs> your passion, <laughs> and your heart, and being able to connect with those, even though they might have their arms crossed, you know, and then the last one, as I, I mentioned, when we started was be yourself. And it's a journey to find that best self that has written. Well, and, and again, it's if if you don't care about your message, your audience isn't going to. So if you're not excited about it, they're not going to be excited. Well, you saw how excited I was. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to dance through the seven secrets, I call them. And the reason I call them secrets is that it's not traditional public speaking training. Well, I'm not kidding. The advice I got was picture your audience naked, which, by the way, I have very graphic visual mind. And I was like, no uh -huh. way. I ain't yeah. going there. Um, yeah. But it was just all of these, you know. Like somebody was, okay, stand here, do this. And I was like, oh my God, I, I literally, I was paralyzed because I couldn't remember. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, I, right. I want your take on this. I'm going to share. So most of my listeners don't know this. This is me sharing with, with Doreen here. Um, once upon a time, I showed up at a presentation and my presentation didn't arrive with me. 
I had an eight hour presentation I was doing. It was a workshop uh-huh. and the airline somehow lost the suitcase that had the one, you know, this was before days of the cloud, but my memory stick with the presentation on it was lost. And I showed up at the hotel and I did what everybody in my shoes would have done. I think I spent an hour trying to reproduce the the slides in my head. And then I took a deep breath and said, you know what, this is not going to be the slides that I want. I'm not going to half half-ass my way through it. So I showed up in front of the audience and says, hey, everybody, I've got a confession to make. Um, my slide deck got lost. We have a choice. I can try to do the presentation from memory, or we can have a conversation one to 100. Um, you throw out your questions, and basically, here's the topic we're going to cover today but you guide me into the presentation. And I said, my only request is if we go the second route, you all have to play full on and you all have to have fun with it. And it was amazing because I've never connected with an audience like that because in that moment, and I'm gonna just say this was dumb luck and it was desperation. I let go of wanting to give my presentation And I opened myself up to let's have a dialogue. And I will never go back to the old way of, you know, death by PowerPoint. So, yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful story about being real and surrendering to the moment and then letting yourself uh, be so vulnerable. And I think that's, I share this the best advice I've received, and and I'm going to share this with you as well, um, was to show up and take a moment before you speak to just project love to the audience. And I'm going to admit when I first heard that, I was like, kind of nut job are you? But, you know, somebody I trusted. And I just stood there for 30 seconds. And it was the longest 30 seconds of my life. But I just smiled at each, I literally worked my way around the room, smiled at each person and and basically acknowledged their presence. And it was so amazing because by giving them unconditional love up front, they gave it to me throughout the presentation. Yeah, it sounds like you've just gone through my program. That's wonderful. (laughs) Where were you when I was saying about learning how to be still and be comfortable? (laughs) Because going blank is one of the biggest um, fears that people have and forgetting. And so you just talked about (laughs) facing the biggest, one of the biggest fears, you know, losing your content and uh, um, being being there without uh, your, without what you had prepared. And that, that required something else to grow inside of you, which is courage to be. Well, and honestly, when I had all of these shoulds and musts and, you know, all of this stuff in my head, I didn't have the room to connect with the audience. And, and honestly, I feel like that's the reason we speak it's not to teach or not to pontificate it's to connect um and it sounds like that's your the heart of your program am i reaching too far or no the connection is what it's all about i mean why do people write anything other i mean if it's just a 
and exercise as one thing, but they want to connect with listener or readers. And my, my area of expertise is connecting with listeners. And that's, you asked, uh, thank you for asking to me to go through the system that I've de designed. And I just want to say that came out of my own uh, journey, actually. That's what I discovered along the way, because as a PhD in psychology, I was not able to get on a stage and share some research because I had a fear. And the organizers say, but doctor, isn't fear your business? <laughs> I, I love that obvious statement you know it's it's just i mean that's the thing we we tend to be experts in things but sometimes we miss the the obvious piece that you know um i have a 10 year old that keeps me honest whenever i say something that that is so obviously wrong he just looks at me and goes really dad <laughs> <laughs> yes i really dad <laughs> but yeah. I would say what, what I'm hearing, and, and uh, you use a lot of words that I'm going to say are fun and playful. Um, you and I, this is probably, I think, the first time you and I have had a really one-on-one yes. -on -one conversation, but it's fun because you are showing up exactly as who you are. I am who I am unapologetically. You know, I tell people you get the good, the bad, and the ugly, but we're two people connecting, and that's the, the other piece of advice I want your thoughts on. Um, I read somewhere, and I wish I could remember where, but the author said that the audience desperately wants you to succeed. They want you to be interesting. They want you to be fascinating. And I think a lot of people show up worried that they're going to fail and the audience is going to laugh. The audience wants to like you. Would you, would you agree with that statement? I've heard that so much. And I actually, Jeff, don't know if that's true. I know it's a mindset and that you can choose to believe that. Uh, but for people that I've worked with, I think going there is almost like uh, they can't. They can't go to the fact that people want you to succeed. So that's why I teach them how to go into this situation where they're nervous and be able to transform it by being somebody, like you say, uh, paying a really positive attention to your listeners. That's what's important. Learning how to find the good in your listeners, be with them one person at a time, uh, speaking in a way that's conversational rather than scripted the best you can. And so uh, I think, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud here. I think that I like the reverse, that uh, I want to walk in and feel that I can help people listen to me. And it's up to me to do that. And I know how to do that. I know how to teach people to listen in such a way that the audience listens. And so this mindset that you talked about, just as you know, the audience wants you to succeed, I think is, I don't think it's as deep and powerful as people need, actually, now that you ask me. Well, and I think I the, <laughs> the, the turnaround is our energy is going to determine the audience's energy. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, you, you just get it so quickly. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, it, it's funny. And and again, this, you know, I, 
somebody once told me I'm apparently woo-woo and I'm like, I don't really know what woo-woo means because I'm a human being and I have beliefs. Yeah. But mm-hmm. one of the things I learned very early was I, I learned that I could read the energy of the room. And at first I felt I was the victim to that energy. It was, you know, it was a good room. It was a bad room. But then one day I realized I was the conductor and it was up to me to to determine the energy in the room. Oh, beautiful. That's wonderful. That's such a great image. And the one I was just thinking of as you talked about it is think of yourself as a sun or a jewel that's beaming and walk into a room, right? And then you've got your... uh, you've got your positive energy or your, your message is coming from this jewel and you're the, you're the center of it. Oh, it's so, when people can go that deep inside of themselves and find their precious soul, their gift, their beauty, their love, their, I can go on and on, (laughs) their true self. Well, and, and I talked about when I first started that surly person at the back scowling at me, yeah. Um, now what I do, and, and I haven't spoken in, in public since since uh, the world shut down with COVID, I've discovered I'm really happy on Zoom. Um, I don't like hotels and airports that much that I want to leave my kids. Um, but what I do now, I do this on Zoom, but I, as I developed as a speaker, my goal was to turn that grumpy person at the back into a fan by the end of the day. Absolutely. And, You know, so when I first started out, I needed the positive light of the smiling, happy person. But once I realized that I directed the room, if I focused enough love and intention and, and, you know, really tried to be there to serve that angry arms crossed person, what I realized was at the end of the day, if that person was smiling, the rest of the room was just lit up and and excited. So, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful uh, energetic flow. And uh, I love the image that you're giving of the transformation because that's probably what you and what I and what our authors are about is helping people transform their lives. And to and- do to do it in a talk. Wow. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a weird thing, but... I've been obsessed with TED Talks as long as I can remember. I think I discovered them the year after they came out. And I was like, what is this thing? I was literally a junkie. You know, I was looking for my next hit and fix. And it just fascinated me that the concentrated beauty of an 18-minute transformative talk. I mean, you know, and the early TED days weren't that wow to begin with, but when you look over the progression of the TED Talks, it is exactly, you've got 18 minutes or less, transform uh-huh. the audience, go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I love that power. Like, it's just, you know, for authors especially, um, you know, they say the pen is mightier than the sword, but when you add the microphone to the pen, it becomes much mightier. Yeah, the voice is mightier <laughs> than the sword. Well, if we bring the sword and the pen and the voice together, we get, we got a we got a powerful person. Uh, I want to say something about because we keep talking about, and I think listeners to us probably are more people who do want to be on a literal stage, yeah. 
but you and I right now are on a stage, right? It, I, yes, the listeners are are the audience, but uh, but I I want to say that I see that people not the people having a fear about speaking up can happen in in families, you know, in friendships. So that I like to say that life is your stage, yeah. And so every moment showing up, every moment being able to do this kind of sense of being present and connected and speaking from your heart and your truth. Well, what relationship wouldn't benefit from showing up, being present? I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and listening, you know, yeah. listening and uh, not being distracted, but really paying attention. Yeah, that's, that's true. I think that as a psychologist, yes, I picked speaking as the place in which I feel like I can have the most impact, but it really is about personal development, personal growth, and being the best you can be. And, you know, it, it's strange. I look back, and um, this was pre-internet, but when I was a teenager, I loved finding recordings of the great orators of history. I loved reading their speeches, and, you know, when you look back it's amazing you can see the tide of humanity turning for better or worse i mean there's some great orators who weren't exactly great people um but you can see how they changed the world around them with nothing more than their voice yes that's you know, true winston churchill is one of my favorites because he's he had a lot of weird things going on but he was also very quotable and you know, we don't have that in our leadership anymore. We don't have the the passionate orators. It's more, you know, we, we've reduced the world to, you know, little sound bites rather than than moving speeches. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Now I could talk to you all day, Doreen, and um for the yes. listeners, I encourage you to reach out. Um, you're the expert at you and what you do. Um what should I have asked you that I haven't yet? Hmm, how to find me? <laughs> oh, that's my next question, but you can answer it. I really um, encourage people to reach out. So how can people reach out and get to know Dr. Doreen? <laughs> the first step is DoreenDowning.com. And it's D-O-R-E-E-N for those who are listening. DoreenDowning.com. And what I have right away for people is a quiz, a find your voice quiz that helps them uh, find where they are in the spectrum of being comfortable or struggling, what it is that they really want to see for themselves. You know, we talked about people who are afraid. Uh, well, so what is it? Do they have a vision for what could be possible for themselves? So that that first step is a, a quiz that's on my website. Love it. Well, Doreen, it was a real pleasure chatting with you and, and I love hearing your, your process. Um, thank you on behalf of my listeners and thank you for being on the show today. Oh, Jeff, thank you so much. It's so much fun playing with you.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.